welcome to Teachers Supporting Teachers, a podcast designed for pre-service teachers and beginning teachers. Welcome to Series 2, where I invite you to use your strengths of creativity, curiosity, open-mindedness to explore what might be possible. In Series 1, we focused a lot about COVID-19 and the dynamic changes that we needed to make. In Series 2, I want to branch out a little bit more and talk about what it means to be a teacher and all those different aspects that are a part of our job, how we look after ourselves, but also how we look after the young people that we work with. So join me in this series as we discover some new insights with some guests from Australia, but also from the international context. Thank you so much for joining me, Caroline. I'm, um, I love that we can be here in Melbourne to, to WA and, and do this chat. And um, I'm so excited to talk to you today about the work that you do and the work you do with your colleagues as well. So thank you for joining me. Thank you, Narelle. I'm delighted to be here. Yeah. And I'm wondering if you could um, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do uh, to introduce yourself to our listeners. Okay, thanks. Um, so I guess um, I'll start where I am now. So I'm Dean of the School of Education uh, at the University of Notre Dame, Australia, um, Fremantle campus. So <clears throat> I'm in Perth, WA, and um, I've been at Notre Dame since February 2019. And prior to that, I was at Murdoch University. And that's where I guess I really began and developed my academic career. Um, so I was there for 13 years and um, prior to that I was doing a little bit of casual work while my children were little and prior to that I was a high school teacher. So um, I sort of come from, I guess, that strong teaching background. Um, I taught, taught in schools for 10 years uh, and then um, I guess I really became fascinated in, um, I guess, the ed psych angle of, of education. So when I'd been teaching for five years, I just found that I really wanted to know more about why students were behaving in particular ways and um, what, what was actually driving them to want to achieve or not, <laughs> as the case often was. Um, and so that, that's when I started a master's. Um, so I really just became very, very fascinated by motivation. So um, I did my master's when I was still teaching. And then when my, um, when my children were little, I did my PhD. And so my PhD focused on the motivation of adolescents um, in their first year of a high school. And it was a longitudinal qualitative study. So. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Oh, well, there you go. Um, yeah, how yeah. fascinating. Mm. So I, um, yeah, it was. It was very, very fascinating. Um, and I, I guess that's where, you know, my real love of research was born. And so when I um, started working at Murdoch, um, I did... Um, a little bit of work on teacher motivation um, but then I guess as as a teacher educator I became aware that hmm, actually well motivation is important but it's not the full story with the issue about um, teachers 
remaining in the profession, um, and I don't mean just being there, I mean um, keeping that, that commitment and that passion and that strong engagement and, and just being able to manage the multiple challenges that there are in the profession. Mm. Um, and, I, and I guess that's where my um, teacher resilience research um, was born, if you like. And um, yeah, so the first project um, I led was in 2009 and it was called Keeping Cool. And uh, what we did on that project was we really wanted to find out what teacher resilience was about. So we did a, a really extensive literature review looking at the um, research at the time. And I think we went back maybe 10 years. Um, and we also, one of the interesting findings from that review was that we found that a lot of research papers had made uh, recommendations for teachers and for teacher educators. Um, but in doing so, they, they had explored the concept of resilience from um, its very kind of generic understanding, if you like, and then inferred that into the teaching profession, but we didn't find any papers where researchers had actually asked teachers what they thought a resilient teacher was. Ah, uh, um, so interesting. Was, yeah, this, this, well, yeah, because there are so many, uh, you know, so people might say resilience, oh, well, it's just about bouncing back or it's about managing adversity. Well, yes, it is, but what does that look like in the context of the teaching profession? Because one thing that we do know about resilience is it's contextual. So you can be highly resilient in, in one area and, you know, really, really struggle with your resilience, um, you know, in another context, maybe where you don't have um, support structures or, yeah, for, for a range of reasons. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so, so that was really interesting to kind of then understand a little bit more about what resilience means for teachers. Also in that project, we developed a website um, and we had a, an annotated bibliography of teacher resilience there. We also developed some resource pages for teachers. So they had, you know, different um, online resources that, that teachers could refer to. Um, and we found that those pages were the most frequently accessed when we did the Google Analytics. And so then we thought, okay, well, you know, there's a real need for some resources. Um, and that sort of led on to further projects, which I think we're probably going to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Like, I've kind of gone all over the place with that, but, but I hope that sort of gives you a bit of a sense of um, my journey, I guess. No, definitely. It's a beautiful journey and um, really insightful, that development and progression throughout your career and little moments that have happened that are crucial in terms of the turning points to then leading to the work that you do. And the work that I'm particularly aware of is um, the BRIGHT program. Um, and so I wonder, and what's kind of what we're going to mainly focus on in, in this podcast, today but I'm already feeling we need to have you back and um, talk about teacher resilience that that's a that's a hottie and particularly in the context and what that looks like um, but I wonder um, if you can tell us a little bit about the bright program and how that came about um, and I suppose the problem that you see that it's um, 
um, addressing. And I think we've had a little bit of insight into that, but particularly the scope of, of the BRIGHT program. Sure, thanks, Narelle. So um, I guess picking up where I left off really um, was that we, with, we realised that there was a real need for some resources um, to support teacher resilience. Um, as teacher educators, um, another problem for us was that we knew that the teacher education curriculum uh, is really uh, full, if you like. There's not much space where you can have, you know, a unit on well-being or resilience. Um, but then also there was the problem of learning that was um, responsive to where people are at that particular point in time. Mm. So I don't know if you've ever done this, Narelle, I certainly have. You sign up for a workshop, the workshop comes around in two months' time and you think, oh, yeah, oh, I signed up for it, so I'll go. And you go along and it is interesting and you learn some things and you get some great notes and you go back to your office and you put your notes in your filing cabinet and you keep doing what you were doing before. So we didn't, we were thinking also, like even if we were to have a unit, like where would you place it and where would be the best time for that? And are people open to learning in different ways? Um, and it's really having that kind of... Um, um, what's it called it's like a at this moment or just in time just in time mm. learning um so i guess that those two issues sort of put us in the direction of having something online um and and i guess the other thing related to the teacher education curriculum is that when you look at the australian curriculum um and the personal capabilities within that I think I think that there's a lovely statement that by year 10 students should be able to um, respond resiliently and um, you know manage manage challenges and, and this kind of thing and I, I I should actually follow up those exact words but it's something to that effect and I, I remember looking at that thinking wow if the Australian curriculum says people should be able to do that when they're 15 and, you know, I know 40-year-olds who struggle with that. So, so then we were also thinking, okay, well, if, if our teachers have to go into schools and teach resilience uh, and teach their students to look after their well-being, then we need to have something in pre-service teacher education that supports that. So I guess there were, there were a host of reasons that um, we decided to build an online resource, which is what we did. And so that's called the BRIGHT modules. BRIGHT is Building Resilience in Teacher Education. We love our acronyms. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so, um, so to develop that resource, we actually then went back to the literature, went back to the res research and did a 15 year um, scan of the literature to identify the key concepts that had been associated with resilience in research papers. And there were like 52. And I think this is, this is one of the difficulties of wow. resilience because it's so interconnected with so many other things. So it's interconnected with motivation, with commitment, with engagement, uh, with well-being, with um, being able to think flexibly, with problem solving. You know, I could I could go on and on and on. So, um, so we 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 sort of mapped these um, 
these concepts that resilience have been associated with and then and then grouped them I guess according to themes so there was a very strong theme around relationships there was a very strong theme around um, well-being there was a strong theme around um, motivation and um, and problem solving um, and maintaining your commitment and then there was another strong theme around emotions um, so so what we then did was we used those themes to develop a module um, so there's the relationships module the well-being module the motivation module um, we actually called taking initiative because we um, really wanted to communicate that idea of pre-service teachers being agentic and actually it's it's up to you to take the initiative and to you know to be proactive i guess was was something that we really wanted to communicate um, and then also um, emotions obviously so there's four of the bright modules the fifth one, which is actually the first module that you do, is um, the B module, which is about um, resilience. What is resilience? Um, and I guess this is a really important module for us because this is where we have the opportunity to share with the users um, uh, the thinking around resilience. Often, often the word is used as though um, resilience is some kind of um, trait that mm. you either have it or you don't have it. Mm. Um, but there are some key messages there that, that we wanted to share, um, and that is that resilience is developmental, it's contextually dependent, uh, it's multidimensional and it's everyone's responsibility it's not just the responsibility of the individuals um, it's the responsibility of the people working in the context where the individuals are so it's a school responsibility it's a school leader responsibility it's a mentor teacher responsibility it's a peer or colleague responsibility so um, so we really want people to understand that before they engage with the modules mm. so that's, that's really huge that's a huge concept because it's often not something resilience is often spoken about like it's a self-responsibility but a hundred percent self-responsibility and I think sometimes that's that tension between a school saying let's do PD on resilience now and teachers feeling like oh I'm being told I need to be resilient but not realizing that the, there's so many parts to it so I love that aspect I love mm. that yeah right up front mm. so we use um, the social ecological model for that so um, maybe some of your listeners will know Bronfenbrenner um, so really you put the, the individual at the center mm. and then we've got you know the school context around that your family context the broader community context, but then also the bigger um, social and political and cultural context. So I think that's really helpful also when you when you think about um, resilience because there are different levels of responsibility at each of those different layers. Yeah. Yeah, that's huge. It's, it's very significant. And I think Bronson Bremer would be... Um, uh, quite familiar to to many of of the listeners and and if it's not then it, it most certainly should be because it's a beautiful model to contextualize yourself but also yourself within the context 
of so many other contexts and influences as well. And it is really, um, you know, they're all influential to each other um, in some ways. And particularly when we're talking about resilience and well-being and, and motivation and being proactive, um, so crucial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So I wonder um, the impact that um, the Bright modules have had, and particularly in terms of um, pre-service teachers who have completed them, what kinds of feedback have, have you been having or insights have, have, have been gained as pre-service teachers have been participating with them? So um, we've had feedback about the, um, I guess, the online design of the modules. So it was really important to us when we developed the modules that we just didn't want to have a resource that just was like a a dump of a whole lot of information. And you might know yourself, sometimes you go onto an online resource and you've kind of got to scroll, 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 scroll. Sometimes I call that the scroll of death. Yes, I always think the same thing. (laughs) You lose information and also you know, I think as as humans, we need to interact with information to learn. Um, so when, when users go through the modules, they'll find that there are a number of features. So there are quizzes that you can do that will highlight your strengths. There are videos to watch that are connected to the profession. There are little boxes that are, you know, what do the experts say where you can read about research about that particular topic. Um, There are also um, scenarios that, you know, kind of a what would you do situation and you can type in information and there's some feedback that you can get as well. Um, But I guess one of the key features is that the modules are personalised. So as you go through, you can build your own resilience toolkit. Uh, And so the toolkit really is a collection of everything that you might have typed in, Um, you know, your response to reflection questions or, you know, notes you made in a notepad while you were watching a video. So it's a collection of all of those things. And then you can curate that. So then you can say, okay, yeah, actually, I still want that there because that's something I want to remember. Um, also you can pin things throughout it so if there's a little quote or a little affirmation that you think oh that's so true you can pin it so that will then go in your toolkit as well Um, another feature of the modules is there there are tips and strategies um, but there's also the option to add your own tip or strategy and then if you want to submit it to the bright community you can um, so that when you click on the tips and strategies you'll see community tips and you can see a whole range of tips and strategies that that people have um, shared so there's there's some some really good really good things there and in fact um, I was approving some on the weekend and there was a fabulous quote uh, and that is that comparison is the thief of joy <gasps> Isn't oh that cool? that's yeah. brilliant so and I, uh, oh my comparison is the thief of joy um and i th- it just really struck me because i think so often in our lives we are comparing ourselves to other people Um, whereas actually what is a healthier approach is to say, okay, this is where I'm at. This is what things are like for me. Mm. Have I done my best? Mm. 
And can I accept that? And if I can't accept it, then what am I going to do today and what am I going to do tomorrow mm. to make it better? Mm. Um, and, you know, I guess social media is, you know, so much comparison um, happens there. So, yeah, so I guess um, I think I probably diverted from your question a bit, Narelle, sorry. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so we've had feedback about the, the design and the interactivity. Uh, and people really like that because you have to engage, you have to think, um, and you can um, you can also come back to it. You can leave and come back, and you know rem it remembers where you were, and you know has has kind of got that record. Um, we've also um, did a study where we had students um, complete the bright modules before they went on their final professional experience, and then um, we interviewed them afterwards. And in fact, that study's just been published this week in the Australian Journal of Teacher Education. Oh, um, awesome! Congratulations! Yeah. Thank you. And it's it's called um, oh dear, I should know. I I actually felt more confident um, oh, because nice. that's one of the, one of the things that we found came through was that pre-service teachers were saying that it made them more confident that they could cope with the challenges when they went in to their professional experience. Um, so some of them talked about having increased awareness of, um, of themselves, of their own emotions and of the situation. And also of knowing that that, that was okay because that's typical. Yeah, it's like that for everyone. And sometimes when you're a pre-service teacher going into a situation, you think, this is just me. It's just me not being able to do this. Actually, no, it's everyone. <laughs> That's how it is. So, um, you know, one of, the, um, one of the participants in that study just said, you know, just having that awareness means you're not drowned by it. Mm. Oh, that's powerful. That's yeah. powerful. And yeah. that's such, a, such an amazing moment when um, we realise we're not the only ones feeling how we are and that each of us can be feeling something different but the we we are we are actually not alone in it um and that sharing it really highlights that power of sharing doesn't doesn't it that mm. and authentically sharing it in in safe places um and and how you can then learn with each other mm. as you move and progress through and, and developing that confidence yeah sure um, I guess some, some other things that, that people said that it actually reminded them of things that they kind of knew but they hadn't thought about for a while. And so just that idea of just putting it at the front of your mind so that when you go in, and, and this connects back to that idea of being proactive. So when you go into a professional experience, you're, you're knowing that you, you really need to have a good routine for looking after your well-being. Yeah, and maybe that means, you know, making your lunch the night before, putting it in the fridge so that you know you've, you've got good food to keep you going throughout the day. And maybe it means that at five o'clock you leave and you're walking, you're exercising or whatever it is that you're doing so that you're keeping that balance. Um, yeah, so I, I think that there were a, a lot of um, really powerful statements about how useful um, the information was um, and you know some people even said this is it's good for teaching but it's also good for me personally I ah. can see how this would apply to other aspects of my life 
that's um that's i think for me hearing that that's one of the best outcomes that that we we could have from um a program and modules like this because it's that realizing that um we're teaching it but we also need it for ourselves and and they actually go together um and it's you know that's that self-compassion part that comes comes into it and um and that if we can't care for others if our cup is half empty yes and the more we keep giving to others our cup gets emptier and emptier to the point there where we won't be able to help others and then as and as teachers we are all so giving we give so much of ourselves but we have to give to ourselves as well in order to give back mm. and sometimes we have to pause that giving in yeah. order to to do it and to um learn it as pre-service teachers entering the profession to create that habit um routines the rituals boundaries um and knowing what your toolkit of resources is i often talk about it as a toolbox of resources it's multiple things that you need multiple um different approaches um that you so need in order to keep yourself going and let's practice them them now um yeah. when we're a little bit more forgiving um and then yeah and then really integrate it into our professional practice that it's it's not an add-on it absolutely goes with yeah. us it's essential yes yeah that's exactly right and i think one thing that um i often suggest to pre-service teachers and even colleagues and even i have one and that is to have that person who is your conscience who keeps you accountable yeah um because sometimes when you're in it you don't see yourself and you need someone to say hey you know I notice you're getting a bit cranky <laughs> when was the last time you exercised yeah oh I'm gonna be that person um, and, and I think that that's a really really useful thing to do because sometimes you do need someone else to call it out mm. Mm. I love that and I that you're a little accountability buddy um, support person but they're also keeping you honest and I love that framing that they're conscious because it's um you know sometimes we do forget i mean all of us at the moment um you know we're probably blurring our work and personal hours in together because they really are happening in the same place um, and that reminder of mm, you started work at eight o'clock and it's now 6 30 p.m um perhaps it's time to lower that lid on the laptop and take yeah. a break yeah that's right and even did you have lunch at your desk Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. And for teachers, you know, did you have lunch? How many do, how often do we hear there has been no chance to have lunch? Um, and, you know, I haven't been to the bathroom today or aspects like that, um, you know, and they, they're key core aspects that we should have time for and we need to make time for. Um, and they're so small and they sound small, but actually they're so powerful. Yes. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. and I wonder, um, I'm really loving the language aspect that comes through as well, because kind of a well-being literacy is coming through and building that capacity and knowledge and a core language to be able to talk about your own well-being and you care for yourself, but also developing a language that means you can talk about it with others. Mm. Um, and I'm really, I really love how that partners really nicely to um you know shifting the dialogue about well-being for educators so it's not something that um 
you know, oh, we'll find time for, or it's too hard, or um, it's selfish, or I just can't do it, to something about we should do, and uh, it's something that we must do, and it's something that we will do, and let's all do it, let's help each other about it. So I wonder if you're noticing anything in regards to shifts with that, or there's anything that's happening in terms of um, what it can look like as well. Mm. I I think it. Um, you you referred to you know it being an add-on, and you know I'm I totally agree with that. It's not an add-on. It's not a bolt-on. It's not a you know oh gee I'm I'm feeling um, really overwhelmed. Maybe I'll go and do a two-hour workshop. It's and it's not something we should do, and it's not something we must do. It's something we do. Mm. Uh, yeah. I think it just needs to be something that we do mm. and we support each other in doing it because it's so much easier when you're, you're, you've got that support uh, and particularly if you've got that support in your workplace. Um, you know, I just, when I first started working at Notre Dame, I noticed that there's a stream of people that will go past my office at five o'clock and say, time to go home now <laughs> and and it's okay yeah good thank you appreciate the reminder I'm I'm heading I'm heading home um I just think it needs to be something we do mm. Mm. I love that I think that's going to be the message we now it's you know almost creating a hashtag hashtag something we do it, it is something that it is that we do and we model it for each other as well and it's you know, leaders doing it, but each other doing it. And really we're doing it as a community. We do do it. Yeah. I really like that. And I love the interruption to it. Something we should do or something we must do. Actually that's contributing to it being too tough, too selfish, too hard. It's something, yes, I love it. Hashtag something we do. Something we do. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. So just before um, we, we end our time together, I'm wondering if, um, if you would have um, something to say about the best advice that you've ever been given as an educator, as a part of uh, inspiring our listeners. Hmm. Um, okay, so the best advice I've ever been given as an educator came from my father. Um, my father was also a teacher and a teacher educator. And um, he said to me that teaching is about three things. It's about attitude, attitude, attitude. Mm -hmm. And, and I, think, I think that's actually a message for life, <laughs> not just for teaching. So it's about how you bring your best self to that experience, how you have an attitude of curiosity and constantly mm -hmm. wanting to learn. You have an attitude of... Um, wanting to improve, wanting to get better at what you do, that you have an attitude of thinking forward into the future um, and you have an attitude of uh, a deep sense of humanity, I think, and connection um, with the people you spend your time with. Um, 
I could go on. There's just attitude about so many things, but I think I think the thing about an attitude is it's a choice. You can choose it, and um, then then you're accountable for the outcomes, whatever those outcomes are, and you can then move forward again with that positive attitude. That's beautiful. Thank you. I love that. I really love that. Thank you. And I just want to say thank you so much for being so generous and sharing insights about um, the Bright modules, but also your journey into teaching and what's inspired you and the advice that you've just uh, concluded with. I think um, I've just loved, I've loved everything you shared and I hope those listening uh, are inspired and as inspired that as I have been as well. So thank you so much, Carolyn. Thank you, Narelle. I've really enjoyed the conversation. So um, really appreciate being invited. And I'd like to wish all your listeners the very best, um, not only for professional experience ahead, but also into their career. And, um, you know, I think um, any learnings about resilience and um, keeping your well-being um, in a positive state of imbalance. So. We want the, the imbalance to be positive for your well-being. Um, I think anything like that is it's just really going to help you be an awesome teacher. So that's what I wish for. Yeah, definitely. And it's a beautiful wish to, to conclude the podcast on. So thank you so much. Thanks, Narelle. ideas provided comfort or supported you on your professional growth i'd love for you to take a moment to leave a review on itunes you may also like to share what has inspired you on social media and i invite you to do this with the hashtag teachers supporting teachers to access this episode's notes and other episodes as well as resources from the blog you can connect on the web at www.exploreandcreateco.com and of course, you connect with me on Instagram at Explore and Create Co or at Rally Pops and on Twitter at Rally Pops as well. I want to thank Magnus Mooney for the music and thank you also to my guest, Caroline Mansfield, who has openly talked about how she approaches resilience and well-being for teachers and particularly that development of a resource for pre-service teachers. So as you ponder about this podcast, I really invite you to think about How do you show care for yourself? How do you make sure that you treat yourself like a friend? And what is it that you do that sustains your well-being over time? I hope you've enjoyed this episode and I look forward to you joining me as we discover and explore how we can be the best teachers that we can be. Bye.